Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 712 with Jenny Blake. The mistake a lot of people make, whether they pivot by choice or they get pivoted by circumstance, is to not start from a place of groundedness. There's no plant foot. They're just kind of running around going, ah, the sky is falling. What do I do? So the first stage of the four is plant. And that's two things, your strengths and what's working best. So what's already working and your vision. What does success look like? Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. For years, restaurant owners have been pleading for more integration in their restaurants, and they finally got it. Restaurant 365 is a cloud-based, all-in-one, restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with POS systems, payroll providers, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and a free inventory build in Restaurant 365 a value of $5,000. Yo, what's going on? Unstoppables. I have a great episode for you today. Jenny Blake, the author of Pivot. The only move that matters is your next one. And actually, this book has been on my reading list for a while now. Uh, and I had to bump it up. When all this went down, uh, when COVID emerged, I, I, I had to bump this this item to the top of my reading list because it's perfect for what you guys are going through right now. This idea of the pivot and uh, the world's changing so fast right now. The, the idea of having a lifelong career really isn't realistic. Uh, you have to be thinking and constantly evolving and and leaning on your strengths and looking into the future and trying to find a ways to align your strengths with opportunity in the future. And the pivot method, the pivot method is the best way to do that. So today, uh, we're, we're going to be going over the four stages of a pivot. Those four stages are plant scan pilot and launch. And I guarantee that the majority of you listening to this episode today are going through your own pivot, whether you were forced to or whether you were pivoting before COVID-19, there's a pivot happening in your business. And this is the framework that you're going to use to get out of it. Again, plant, scan, pilot, launch. Jenny Blake breaks it down. Here it is. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Jenny Blake. Jenny, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am indeed feeling unstoppable, Eric, and all the more so because of your insanely <laughs> awesome energy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm happy, so you're, I'm happy you're feeling unstoppable. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. So let me give the listeners an idea of who we're talking to. Jenny Blake is the founder of Pivot Method, a growth strategy company that helps forward-thinking individuals and organizations map out what's next through scalable pivot programs. She is an international keynote speaker and the author of Pivot, the only move that matters is your next one, which I loved listening to on audio. Unfortunately, I, I got the book too, but it was sent to my the wrong address. So anyway, I guess that's a story for another day. But Jenny also hosts the popular podcast Pivot Podcast, which NBC, sorry, CNBC listed among six podcasts to make you smarter about your career and the entrepreneur uh, selected as sorry, an entrepreneur selected as one of the top 20 female hosted business podcast. So we're talking to a pro right now. I cannot wait to dive into your specialized knowledge around pivoting, but let's get that motivational 
inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Mm, I love this question. One of my favorite quotes, and I think it's so perfect for the times that we're in, is from David White. It's a poem that he wrote called What to Remember Upon Waking. The quote is, what you can plan is too small for you to live. Ooh, why is that the quote you chose for today? Because during, quote, normal times, it's, plans are an illusion. The whole reason I wrote Pivot and the reason the subtitle is The Only Move That matter, Matters is Your Next One is that I felt that even I was so obsessed with understanding what's next and having this plan and this career path. And in actuality, in reality, we really can't know, predict, or plan the future. And even if we could, wouldn't we rather be surprised? I mean, maybe not surprised by a pandemic, but I love this intention that what you can plan is too small for you to live. What would it be like to surrender to something greater and be surprised? How many of us could have predicted, I mean, that we live the lives we're living right now, even six months ago, but look five years back. Could you have predicted where you'd be now in your life? No, probably not. So it's futile to try. And how do we be more agile and in the moment instead? Yeah, I love it. And um, doing my research for today's conversation, obviously, I read the book, but I was also on your website and I was watching uh, the short like five minute video that you have there. And in that video, you might have mentioned this in the book, but it, it, it struck me because I watched it earlier today. In that video, you said pivot is the new normal. And it's just, it's just I just thought the irony was that recorded recently by any chance? No, that's, that's like, so funny. That's yeah. been my motto. I started working on Pivot in 2014 and I adopted the motto. If change is the only constant, let's get better at it. Right. And it just happens to be that now that's a, our daily reality. Yeah. And everybody's saying like, what's the new normal? Is this the new normal? And then like to have that line come up, the pivot is the new normal. I just kind of like, I was like, wow, this is so appropriate. And I think it's kind of obvious why you're here today. Right. Because uh, when this whole pandemic hit the, the hot word was pivot. Everybody's got to pivot. Everybody, everybody's got to adapt their business to survive in the new world that, that we live in today. And I was like, you know, in your book has been on my radar for at least a year and a half now. And I apologize for not getting to it sooner. But when all this talk of pivoting came up, I was like, now's the time I was like, I got to bump this, this read to the top, the number one on my list. And I think it's perfect for what we're going through. So before we kind of get into the pivot method, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you, your backstory, so we can understand who we're talking to and uh, get to, to know and trust you. Sure. Well, it's always perfect timing. Whenever a book finally falls off the shelf and lands in your lap or in your ears, I think it's the perfect time. And it's funny that the original one you ordered got sent to the wrong place. I know. I, I really do. I do enjoy looking at, okay, maybe someone else needed that copy of Pivot. You know, it ended up on somebody else's doorstep. <laughs> yeah. I think but, my, my parents are probably going through it right now. Right. right exactly. <laughs> and what's funny that I love that you made this connection, which I hadn't even done of seeing that line Pivot is the new normal and connecting it to the new normal that everyone's talking about now. And you're right. Everybody has used the word pivot. Yeah. <laughs> like It's everywhere now. It's it's so interesting to see how many like industries you, and people and government and leaders are using the word. It's like you like predicted the future. It's kind of... I mean, I, I feel happy about that. <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I wrote Pivot, I just knew that if there was one thing I could hang my professional hat on, for the next 30 years of my career, it would be talking about change because mm. change is the only constant. So I knew that because I didn't feel very agile and I've been self-employed now for nine years 
going through all the roller coaster of emotions, even during quote normal times of how am I going to pay the bills next month? What streams of income are going to support me? How do I not be the bottleneck in my business? And so one thing that's really important about that statement, pivot is the new normal, is that in years past, when startups and businesses talked about pivoting, it was always plan B. Something was failing. The business was about to go under. Now you have to pivot to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And what I came to realize, at least in terms of individuals in our careers, and I know many of you, Eric, and your listeners wear a business owner hat as well, but pivot as a new normal means that it's not just a sign that something's wrong. Sometimes it's a product of your success. Sometimes you've outgrown whatever you were doing previously and you're you're ready to step into something new. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of what we're happening, what's happening now, we've all gotten pivoted and restaurants harder than anyone. The question is still, how is this time transforming you? What is it teaching you? And what do you want to create on the other side? Mm -hmm. So I know we'll come back to that. Just the briefest of my background, I worked at a startup for two years as it grew from one, I was the first employee to 30, pivoted to Google where I became an AdWords product trainer. I was at Google for five and a half years, eventually ending up in creating uh, global career development programs at Google. So that's what I started to realize how many people struggle with this question. What's next? Yeah. I left Google in 2011 when my first book came out. And it wasn't until a year and a half or two after that, that once again, I was wondering what's next and I didn't have the answers. And this time it was the first time I didn't have a paycheck to fund that exploration. So that just having to solve it and get scrappy in order to just stay in New York and stay running my business is how I ultimately came up with the pivot method, which is all about doubling down on what's working to shift into what's next without starting from scratch. Got you. So I'm curious, when you were at Google, were you writing this book or did you leave Google altogether to start writing the book? No, I had I started a website in 2005 called Life After College. Gotcha. I turned it into a blog in 2007 and I would blog once or twice a week. I started writing the book in 2008, got the book deal in 2010. So it was really a parallel early days of having a side hustle that by the time I got the book deal, I was all the while working at Google. And in fact, it helped me pivot internally because... They said, this is weird. You talk about career on the side in your free time. So we're oh, sure we'll give you this new job internally. Yeah. And then when the book was coming out, I just realized I couldn't juggle both anymore. So I, I went all in on self-employment. And I honestly didn't know if I could make it more than six months. But I just knew that I had to try. It takes bravery, first and foremost, got to point that out, to leave the security of a company like Google. I just want to you know, point out that bravery. Uh, why, why leave Google? Uh, what was going through, on, uh, through your mind? Or what was going on internally when you were making this decision? I just couldn't do both. I, I was already getting burnt out. And I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I was making six figures at Google and really comfortable. They, they give you three meals a day, gym, Pilates. Yeah, they're putting restaurants massage. out of business. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> the, those the three meals time, a day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, come on. That's, and they're right. good. Too. Right. <laughs> really yummy. They are creating a lot they're of jobs. Like I should chef. say that. They yeah. are creating, creating good uh, sh- jobs for chefs. I have to, I have to admit that. I dated a chef. Like, <laughs> for one of my longest relationships in my 20s is with a Google chef. Uh, it's so much fun. Like, I appreciated those guys so much. And, um, yeah, he uh, that was great. We were together a year and a half. And <laughs> if ever I asked him, like, 
oh, how come you won't cook for me on the weekends? He's like, do I ask you to train me on the weekends? (laughs) No. He kept his silverware in his oven at home because he's like, so he was already working so hard every day at work. That's funny. Sorry, keep um, going. I had to point that out. I got so much respect for what (laughs) chefs do. For sure. the heart and soul that they bring to the, their work. So the, the reason why I brought that question up or why I asked if you were still at Google when you were making this transition, because in your book, you mentioned that a pivot isn't something that you just like drop the hammer, you, you quit your job and you take a new direction. It's something that you slowly and gradually scale into. And we're going to go through the four stages of a pivot, but I kind of figured what I want my listeners to know is like, this is something, this mentality of pivot is something that, you can use throughout your life. It's not just a right now thing. And it's some, it's, it's a really mentality that you should have throughout your life because the world is going to be evolving. It, like This is a, a perfect example of, of the future of like any event can happen that will change the complete trajectory of your vision, right? Uh, and you have to be willing and able, whether it's technology or a tornado or a pandemic, you know, you have to be willing and able to, to pivot, to have that backup plan and to, to adapt. And, um, and what's interesting is we're not necessarily in the position where we get to slowly scale into our side hustle because we, we lost our job or we, we had to close our doors. So what do you want to do? You, you, are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? Oh, absolutely. I love it. And I love that you highlighted that this is a skill. Pivoting is a skill set. It's a mindset and it's a method. And you said, you know, pivot as a backup plan. But again, what you highlighted in the first part of what you said is how do we adopt this, this practice, pivot as a practice, as a an continuous cycle? So actually pivot points and getting pivoted is much less jarring when you're constantly applying these principles. And although so many of us, everybody really has gotten pivoted right now, not by choice. And you're right. So many people don't have that side hustle just ready to go or this perfectly diversified pivot portfolio where, oh, oh, cool. I just lost 90% of my revenue. Great. Mm. No problem. I got this other thing ready to go. I saw this coming. Nobody did. But this time is teaching us. And I think if we look at the restaurants that have stayed at all active, they're doing such interesting things. They, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody can do this and, and they're, they're, nothing in this conversation has any judgment of any choice that anybody has made, whether you are working in a restaurant or owning one. But there have been interesting solutions people come up with, you know, like simplifying the menu, delivery only. Um, maybe it's I don't even know, certain days of the week, like finding little pockets and small experiments to say, how can we adapt? That's a word you used. And it would be kind of odd if we all just became obsessed with pandemics and we were always preparing for the next pandemic. You kind of said it. We, we can't really know even what the next big crazy event's going to be. But I do think that this time is giving us all a black belt in adaptability and also creativity. Mm. And how do we, when it feels like everything has practically gotten burned to the ground, how do we start to rebuild? And in my mind, the only way we can do that is by looking at what was already working and also where our strengths and interests are and the vision of what we want to create and how we want to contribute to the world. I love it. And you started this this interview by saying that change is the only constant. And that has never been more true with the rate at which technology is 
spreading, the rate at which information is spreading, the, the rate at which culture is changing. Um, you, you really have to have this mentality that your, your career is, is going to be a short-term career and plan for short-term careers because what, what's viable right now m- might who knows what will we'll, you know what cultural change will happen what uh, big like disaster will happen that will force you to um, pivot or force you to to, to adapt um, do you want to reflect on that oh yeah well it, it, that's exactly it that I think one interesting thing about the times that we're in right now is that you're not alone nobody listening it, this isn't only happening to you and sometimes I do think that our journeys either uh, individually or as business owners can feel like we're alone or we're the only one that is struggling or doesn't have it all figured out or is going through some crisis in the business or in your career. And right now, everyone's going through it. Mm. So there is this collective there's processing, pause and problem solving that's happening. Yeah. So at least there's that. And we're actually learning so much from each other. So, and I also think it's interesting to notice this question has come up in some of the previous conversations I've had, which is what is this time secretly giving you permission to do? Right. You know? Yeah. Like what are, I know I do not want to make light of anybody's situation. And certainly some have been very negatively impacted health wise, if not lost friends and family, but in a career sense and business sense, how has this given you permission to make some shifts that maybe you wouldn't have had the courage to make? before this all went mm. down. You aren't being forced to, to change, right? It's funny. Or you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of the things people are doing to adapt like uh, curbside pickup or these to go uh, kits, right? These boxes or uh, switching to online ordering and, and cashless and de- delivery and all that. These or, or narrowing down their menus, right? These aren't things that are unique to the pivot. These are the trends that have been happening for the for years, for the past ten years, these these are the trends that ha- that people have been have been adapting in evolving into their businesses to stay relevant. But now we're just the, the, it's just been accelerated. Like that's yes. one thing that I've noticed is like nothing's changed. It's just happening so much faster, uh, which is really interesting. Um, were you going to say something? So, it's so true. It's so true. I've been saying the same thing that even beyond the restaurant industry that like, it's just accelerating so many trends working from home, working remotely. Exactly. Uh, Zoom is killing it right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then I, I also understand we were talking before we hit record about prune, the restaurant on the Lower East side that the, um, the, the chef and owner did a piece in the New York times and it was read on the daily podcast where she was saying, I'm sorry, but I don't want to do curbside pickup. The whole vibe of my restaurant is small family style dining, you know, high end meals, even not at yeah. crazy insane prices. And she, she was just saying, I don't want this isn't our brand. to go that route. Yeah. I don't want to become a ghost kitchen. And I think that's totally fair as well. But what you don't see, you don't really see those restaurants that are doing curbside pickup or simplifying the menu or online ordering. Those restaurant owners aren't saying, Oh, this pandemic hit. Let me go become a life coach. Like, I mean, maybe some, but yeah. no, they're saying within the business that I do is serving people through food, serving yeah. the community through food. What can I do? Yeah. And you even have the ones that open up their kitchen to serve uh, front, uh, first responders, yeah. you know, or like emergency workers. You have the ones that became food kitchens. Everybody's taking a different tack on it, but they're still within their passion. It's just the container has changed for some temporarily, for some permanently. And I bet there are some that are going to say, 
I was kind of tired anyway. I'm over this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I am ready to pivot into something different. Yeah. So I think this is a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors. Uh, unless there's anything you want to get out before we start getting into the four stages of a pivot. I'm good. Let's get those thank yous and we'll keep moving. All right. We'll be right back. If you're sick of paying multiple vendors and services to outfit your restaurant needs only to deal with the frustrations of technology that's clunky and void of that seamless experience that you so need, then you've got to check out Restaurant 365, a cloud-based restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, food and beverage vendors, and banks. With Restaurant 365, you'll have real-time reporting and analysis to make the best and most data-driven decisions. No more guessing. Other features include detailed daily and labor data from your POS system, accounts payable automation, automated bank reconciliation, incorporated inventory management with guidance on reducing your food costs, and scheduling features to reduce labor costs and engage your employees, all saving you time, money, and headaches. Take action today and find out how Restaurant 365 is saving restaurant owners up to 5% on Prime costs. That's awesome. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and get a free inventory build within the system, a value of 5K. We're back. Now, as we're going through these four stages of a pivot, I want you, I mean, if you're able to kind of like, how would you be doing this if there wasn't a pandemic? You know what I'm saying? In what does a pivot look like when you're forced to pivot? Because I feel like, you know, it's, it's the idea is you want to be proactive with this, right? Ideally. Is that yeah, a safe so statement? The, whole, the pivot method starts with a metaphor of a basketball player that when a basketball player stops dribbling, one foot stays planted and then their pivot foot can scan for passing options. The mistake a lot of people make, whether they pivot by choice or they get pivoted by circumstance, is to not start from a place of groundedness. There's no plant foot. They're just kind of running around going, ah, the sky is falling. What do I do? Yeah. So the first stage of the four is plant. And that's two things. Your strengths and what's working best. So what's already working and your vision. What does success look like? Mm. Now, I understand right now, I usually say, what's your vision one year from now? Right now, during times of immense and intense crisis, you might want to say three months from now, what does success look like? Maybe it's just paying the bills. Yeah, you know, that's and that true. alone would be a huge accomplishment. But I really do think that my listeners should have two pivot plans going right now. The right now, which yes. maybe is just getting cash flow, getting a, a second job, doing something, anything, right? Just to keep money moving. But the thing they're they're saying that this pandemic is gonna be, you know, is gonna echo for until in, into twenty twenty one. So what's your vision for twenty twenty one? And and there's gonna be so much freaking opportunity on the table, which is something that I think I really want to remind people to be hopeful because there's gonna be so much opportunity. So maybe you had to close right now because you just opened your restaurant three months ago, right? And you just can't, you don't have the the um, you know the. You, you don't, you haven't built that foundation, right? You didn't need to put money away, you, you know, like, but there's going to be so much opportunity on the table that, you know, start thinking about, you know, your future. You can apply this long term too, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I absolutely love that. And that's something I've been saying too. So we're totally in line, yes. Eric. I love it. I love when smarter yeah. people tell me that I'm thinking the right thing. 
No, I love when smarter people <laughs> reinforce that. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. I, I took you off track. I apologize. No, no, not at all. Again, so good. So I love your advice. The, the important thing is to understand your strengths. What are you great at? Not just objectively speaking, but what energizes you, what's working and what does success look like? I love Eric's reminder, both short-term and your truest vision. If time, money, pandemic were not an issue, what is absolute smashing success? You don't have to know the details and you certainly don't know how to get there or if it's even possible, but allow yourself to dream a little bit. What is your average day like? How are you learning? How are you growing? What are you becoming an expert at? How are you creating an impact on yourself, your family, your community, your customers, et cetera. Mm. And once you only have, once you have these two points, the another metaphor here is like Google maps. You got to know you are here. Where's your GPS tracker? And then where are you trying to go? So again, you don't have to have the exact vision, but you got to have something in order to see what are your different options for modes of transportation? Where are the roadblocks? What kind of transport do you want to take to get there? Yeah. So that's the plant stage. The second stage is scan. And scanning is based on what you just came up with in plant, people, skills, and projects that are related to your strengths and your vision. Most people make the mistake of jumping straight to scanning. They go, oh my God, I'm in a crisis. The sky is falling. I just lost my job or the restaurant's closed. Who can I talk to? Who's doing what? But you're not rooted yet in your strengths, your energizers, and your vision. Mm. When you are rooted in those things, then you're so much clearer and more targeted about who's out there, who do you admire, who can you talk to? That's people. Skills, how do you need to grow during this time? What gaps are there? How is this time forcing you to grow? What would be most beneficial for you to learn and understand and expand? And then projects that whether it's the short term or the highest vision, what are some potential projects that you can set your sights on? Yeah. And just listening to you talk, ideas are popping into my head. And hopefully some of these ideas that are this, this, at least this one idea stirs something in you, my listeners. So say, for example, you're a chef, right? or you're a line cook and you were taught how to break down whole animals. There's a lot of people right now who don't want to go to grocery stores. Uh, you could work up a little side hustle where you're maybe connecting farmers with, with tight knit small communities. Like, Hey, like I'll go be the middleman. I'll go get the pig. I'll bring the pig to your cul-de-sec or your, your community living situation. Right. And then I'll break down this animal for you for X price. Right. Is that, would that be an example of like something you could pivot in the immediate short term to get some cash flow going? Oh, absolutely. I love that you gave that example. And there's also, for example, uh, they just did a feature on this Italian chef, Massimo Bottura. Yes. It's spelled Massimo two S's. I am O Bottura B O T T U R A. He is just cooking dinner every night yeah. and his daughter's filming him on Instagram or his y- wife. Yep. He's not doing specific tutorials per se, and he's not trying to compete with all these big sites. He's just literally is just cooking his family dinner it, yeah, and, and, and yet talking it right through. And yeah. people are going crazy for his Instagram account. You know what? And your pivot right now might just be staying relative, staying top of mind, staying. And, and like, yeah, go ahead. I would want to know. Any of you are working, you know, you have the experience that so many of us now are like cooking at home. And now you don't need to add to the noise. Like, don't do something if your heart's not in it. But I want to know, like, it's just knife skills. Like, I don't have basic knife skills. You know, I would love to just learn or see a chef in their natural habitat, like not a fancy kitchen, not with all the best tools, 
but like you in your home, how do you think? How do you work your way around mm-hmm. a space? And I think any aspect of the restaurant industry, you have so many skills that you don't even probably realize that the rest of us could learn from. Yeah. And I think we touched and you know, obviously, you know, the pivot um, strategy far better than I do. But I think we touched on the big ones as far as that first stage, right? Plant uh, the first stage plant, which is you focus on your strengths, your interests, your career experiences. Uh, what are you already good at? What, what do you already know? And then what's your one year vision? I, I think we knocked all that stuff out, right? Did I miss it? Nailed it. Okay, cool. You got it. Sweet. Um, so the next uh, the, the next thing, the next stage, and it, let me know if I'm cutting you short. Am I cutting you short? No, we talked about the next case scan. It's once you have those brackets, now you're much going to be much more equipped to scan for people's skills and projects. Yeah. And really what I'm hearing from you, it's the difference between being reactive and intentional and proactive, right? Yeah. And just being smarter about it. Like <laughs> I realized that so many times I hit a plateau or a pivot point or I got pivoted when I stayed stuck is when I was too focused on what wasn't working, what I didn't know, what I didn't want, what I didn't have. And sometimes we need to go there just to process what the hell has just happened, but it's not going to move you forward. The only thing that has worked for me to move me forward is to start from a base of what's working best, what energizes me, what's my vision. Then I look to people's skills and projects. Yeah. I think some people get caught up on the supposed to do's, right? There's all these things oh, we're yeah. supposed to do the, the right path. And one thing I'm noticing that if, if there's actually, you can create a unique selling proposition by just choosing to chart your own path. Uh, so don't be so caught up on the supposed to do's. It's something, I don't know if that, I mean, I call them sexy shoulds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so do we, do we cover everything in scan at this point? Pretty good. I mean, let me just give a little more color. So people, you can think about who do you admire? Who's doing what you want to do in your vision, whether short-term or long-term? Who are friends, people that motivate you and inspire you? Maybe it's even listening to a podcast like this one, where you're listening and learning from somebody from afar. Who has already been a mentor to you in the past? And who do you want to reach out to mm. during this time? Yeah. And, and then for skills, think about what of your strengths can you double down on? And then what are the biggest skill gaps that would most benefit you and your vision to start developing in those ways? Got it. And uh, just side note, um, I love the advice you gave in your book on how to find mentors. And I think that uh, is really great. Not a topic for today, but just alone, like that chapter was gold. I loved that, by the way. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Bottom line, take the pressure off. You don't need to find a holy grail mentor. Just connect with whoever is interesting to you. I think of mentorship, like making friends. That's it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, So I think we covered pretty well now plant and scan. We're going to take one more quick break to tell you about something cool. We'll be right back. Unstoppables, I've got big news. We're bringing back the masterminds. Well, it's not like they ever went anywhere, but we're doubling down. We're going to be hosting four mastermind groups. That's 16 open spots. So if you've ever been interested in joining a mastermind, the Restaurant Unstoppable Mastermind is the one for you, especially if you're in the restaurant industry. And if you're not quite familiar with what a mastermind is, it's basically a group of like-minded individuals coming together to share knowledge, experience, to compound that experience, all those that wisdom into one spot, but most importantly, to hold hold each other accountable to our goals. So if you want to come back from COVID-19 stronger than ever before with the support of your peers, join the Unstoppable Mastermind. It pops off the beginning of Q3. That's July 2020. Again, 16 open spots. 
email me eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. These will go fast. They always fill up really quickly and we're really going to be super selective this time around. So uh, don't waste any time. Again, email me eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. I cannot wait to pop this sucker off. All right, here we are back to the show. We are back and the third stage in the pivot method is pilot. What do you mean by that? This is one of my favorite stages because we get out of your head and into action. Plant and scan are largely strategic. You are reflecting, thinking, planning. Pilot is now about getting out there and running small experiments. Think of a pilot TV show of a series. It's one episode meant to help the network see if they should pick up the full thing. A pilot in a business sense is often running a small version of a course or a product or even some type of food service, and then seeing, do we want to go all in on this? So maybe in the beginning, early days, a pilot was piloting with some delivery app. I mean, I don't know, but I was just saying. Yeah. And, then you, and then you see if it's working and you invest more. To switch metaphors once again. So in basketball, it's like passing the ball around the court. But I also like to think of something like the Kentucky Derby. You don't actually know which horse is going to win. Your job is to line up the pilots, lift the starting gate, and say, go. Mm. And A big mistake pivoters make is they think they have to know the answer before they can start, before they can do anything. And it's exactly the opposite. It's that you cannot know, especially now, none of us, none of us have the right answer and certainly not for you as an individual or as your unique business. So the only thing we can do is line up small experiments. In the pivot sense, a, a strong pilot will help you test three E's. Do I enjoy this? Can I become an expert at it? Is there room to expand? So in the example of, hey, do you want to turn a camera on and film yourself making dinner? Well, if you don't, if you're like my ex-boyfriend and you don't even like making yourself dinner, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, you're a chef, but no, you don't cook for yourself every day and, or others, that's not going to be for you. You're not going to enjoy that. But is there some aspect of your strengths and your vision that you can experiment with or something that was working back in the good old days when it was business as usual? some element or something interesting or inspiring to you that you could just run a small experiment, even something like this podcast. I mean, I bet Eric, when you first started, you had no clue what you were doing or where this was going to take you. I was but terrified. Time, I can tell you that much. <laughs> what did you say? So I was terrified. I can tell you that much. And how long have you had this podcast? Oh now? man, it's crazy to think that we're in just the seventh year. It's crazy. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. 750 plus episodes. So it's like, how does a podcast? I have one too that I started in 2015. And when I started, I was so scrappy. I I thought it was going to be this cute little side project to accompany the book coming out. And very quickly, it became the favorite thing I do in my business. When the pandemic started, I shifted to daily podcasts. I saw that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. Just to try it out. I'm like, well, this is the thing that's working. This is the thing I enjoy the most. It earns the least in my business and it costs the most. But I love it. It's where my heart is. It's how I feel I can serve during this time. So, and and then how long will I do daily? Who knows? There will come a day where my energy is not in it anymore and I'll shift again. And I think that's so important to just start experimenting and playing with things without 
feeling attached to how they turn out. Just start is what you hear all the time in the entrepreneurial world. And even like as a, a restaurateur, people, I think they have this grand vision of the, the beautiful restaurant they're going to have someday, you know, 150 seats, 300 seats, and it's going to have all these things. And they try to go for that as soon as possible. But the thing is, that's not realistic. You can't compare yourself to these restaurateurs that have been in business for 20 years that have all these things. They, they started where they could. They might have had... It might have been a pop up, you know, start where you can. And that might be just building an email list or sharing your story and sh- or, or sharing your vision, you know? Yeah. And pop up's a great example of a pilot. Yes. Like, I love the idea of pop up venues and food service. I think it's such a great way to test without the overhead of a lease hanging over you. And how, yeah, how, what are pop-up pop-up is the perfect metaphor for the restaurant industry overall of like what are those pop-up experiments that you could do where you you actually do minimize risk at the same time because again instead of signing and locking yourself into a one-year five-year ten-year lease you're much more agile your pop-up works one day and it doesn't work the next or it works one day the word spreads and you keep going yeah. And, and it's then, also proof. It's proof of concept too. Like, yes. you know, you, you pop up and there's crickets. Well, you know, maybe in, depending on how bad you want it, maybe keep showing up, but it, that might be a hard truth. You have to swallow there. Yeah. yeah. And piloting what days you're open, what days you're closed, piloting different uh, services. You know, I, my friend had a restaurant and it was only brunch. <laughs> this restaurant was only weekend that's brunch. Awesome. I mean, how awesome. But that's actually a great idea. <laughs> Think about how many restaurants are closed on Sunday in, in, or Saturday and Sunday morning, right? A ton. Right. And then that was their favorite meal of the day. Her boyfriend was the chef. And it's like, they didn't want to be open during the week and for dinner. They, she had a different job running her own business. Mm-hmm. But brunch was where there was the most joy. I love it. Uh, so I think we pretty much wrapped up uh, pilot and just one thought that I want to share before we move to the next stage. Uh, listening to you talk, I just can't help but think of the the term minimal viable product, right? Absolutely. Yeah, just right in there. Just start. And uh, another great book, and I know this is your time to shine, but Eric Reese, uh, The Lean Startup is another great book to kind of help you understand these, the significance of just starting and putting it out there and then evolving and adapting based off of what data you're collecting and the, the people, your audience will tell you what what they want right yeah and his book is a huge inspiration for pivot by the way so i'm happy you brought him up because it was the book the lean startup that had me questioning well how can people be as agile as startups yes how can we shift so fluidly and innovate that quickly the way that eric modeled for the startup world so i'm very grateful to eric and he has a chapter on piloting or sorry on pivoting that kind of was the inspiration for my book Great. So I think we can wrap up uh, piloting unless there's anything that you haven't gotten out yet. Just have fun with it. One of my, you asked about motto at the beginning. One of my mottos is let it be easy. Let it be fun. If your pilot is not sparking joy, if it is not fun and it doesn't feel easy, don't do it. Break it down, make it smaller. And don't feel like you even need to have one pilot right now. Pick three, Mm -hmm. but give yourself some freedom to move around a little bit and just test things out beautiful okay the last stage of the pilot method is launch what do you mean by that yes of the pivot method uh yeah so launch is once you've reduced risk through plant scan pilot and you can really repeat those it's a cycle not a one and done linear process plant scan pilot over and over and over and over that could keep you happy for years by the way but every now and then there comes time to go all in on something so a launch would be 
the soft opening of the restaurant or the full blown launch of the restaurant or shuttering the doors and shifting fully to a delivery only model. I mean, whatever your launch moment is, that's every now and then it is required of us that we make that decision and go in a new direction or launch a new product or service or offering. Barring that, the little L launch is that even after listening to this conversation between Eric and I, you could boil down your plant scan pilot brainstorming to two next steps. And the little L launch is what is the one next step that would make the biggest impact and what is one small next step that you could take this week. That's it. That's all you have to know right now. What and it, How does that all boil down? What can I try? That's it. Just if you do nothing else from listening to this episode, you're all the way here toward the end of the show. What can you try? That's it. Just brainstorm. You don't even have to have one answer. Brainstorm 10 things and then go back to that list and say what one, one next step would make the biggest impact and what one tiny next step could you take this week? Beautiful. Jenny, thank you so much. I think we wrapped it up, right? And there's nothing, I mean, from, I read the book and it sounds like there's nothing left on the, that we didn't put on the table, right? I, I, I think, I think we got a, a, covered a lot of ground. And if anything, I'm just curious, Eric, because you're so close to the restaurant industry. And, and I do, I mean, I can imagine that everybody listening has been so affected by what's happening. And it, it is so devastating to have to close and not even be able to open, like not to even have the choice to have people and to still have to pay rent and just the stress of all that. So I guess if there would be anything else I would want to put on the table to stick with a restaurant pun, I would wonder from you of having listened to Pivot and, and this conversation, what are you seeing out there that's working or just to help people get through this time that are in the restaurant industry? Like I like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode is like all the things that people are doing right now are things that you should have been doing over the past five years. You know what I'm saying? They, they, and the people that are doing well right now are those people that opened with a menu that they do one thing really well, right? And they and they make it uh convenient, right? That you can you can go on your phone, you can order from your phone, you can order from the website, like all these like online ordering curb, like they 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 been focusing on convenience and doing one thing really well. Um, and now we're just being forced to do it. So, I mean, nothing, nothing that's happening right now is unless with one exception, I think people are getting far more creative. And I think that's one thing that's really exciting is people are doing all these things. We should have been doing like social media and using it and, and bringing people into your homes and into your life. Um, again, something you should have been doing five, 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like these tools have been at our disposal. Now we're just being forced to do it. So I think what's really exciting is all this stuff that we've been putting off because we were afraid or we didn't have the time or whatever, fill in the blank. We're being forced to do now. So I think what you're going to see in the future is just the bar has been raised. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the new standard. And I think that this is the new expectation. And I, my heart does go out to the, the prunes of the world, right? To the, the, I was going to ask you, what do you do if you're Gabby Hamilton and you're like, I don't want to do all the trends that are accelerating. What if you're someone like that? Who's clearly so talented and prolific. She even, I loved her book, book, blood bones and butter. What do you do if you're hurt and you just don't want to like get into social media madness and there's so much, yeah, there's so much that's that is happening right now that, that if if you rather, if you're, if you're more attracted to the intimate side of the the industry and the slowness of the industry, right? Certain people like slow food is good, right? And, and and my heart does go for those people because 
some of these things we need to be doing right now aren't necessarily conducive with what we need to do. Right. Like, so yeah, like my advice for those people would be there, there's these, oh, what's it called? It's kind of like Airbnb, these, these, these experiences, right? Where um, you can have pop-ups at your home, uh, but you, you can sell tickets to these experiences. If you're G- Gabrielle Hamilton, what's her name? Uh, Gabriella Hamilton, right? Uh, she's got a great book out, by the way. If, if, if her whole life story it is, is on so audio. good. Yeah. She's such a delightful writer. Yeah. But yeah. like, she's famous. Like, she doesn't need her yeah. restaurant. She could bring people into her home and sell tickets that's to true. her. You know, like, and that's, that's true. And I think people, you're going to be seeing a lot more people. That's another way to get started. What do you need? What overhead do you need to cook dinner from for somebody? An oven, some pots, of pans, and plates, right? You can do that today. So I that's think. True. And I think that's one thing that you're going to be seeing. And another thing I encourage people to do is to, to diversify their portfolio, right? So you have all these skills that you leverage in a restaurant. And like we were alluding to this earlier, teach people those skills. Uh, I think that consultants are going to go away. I really do because we're real. We don't need them anymore because collectively we have all the knowledge we need. It's just a matter of getting it out there and creating a marketplace where it can happen. Right. Uh, so I think that even as you, even as you talk about diversifying, even Gabrielle Hamilton, who is in the slow food, let's call it, she also has a book. So you talked about diversifying. Yeah, she has a book. She exactly. just submitted an essay to the New York Times. I mean, so even she is a little more diversified herself. Yeah. And like these are things that, um, you know, developing your brand, creating products, getting, you know, getting to, to retail. You know what I'm saying? These are all things that you could have been doing. Uh, you got to be an entrepreneur. The status quo doesn't work anymore. You know, I think there's a, there's a post that somebody shared on my, uh, Facebook, the, our private Facebook group. Uh, he was actually, he was on ask or a tea with Gary V. Um, uh, Sean Lyons, shout out to Sean Lyons. He got to be a guest on that show real quick and ask Gary his questions. And he was basically, they, they basically got into what we're talking about right now. Um, listen, like you're not entitled to your business. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to stay relevant and, and it's so many people are losing their businesses right now, but it's, it's sad. But at the same time, like you got to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be scrappy. You've got to figure it out. You've got to create uh, backup plans, right? Like you got to have your backups. Um, and those people who had those plans and involved and, and had multiple channels of revenue are surviving this thing. So, um, I think I said Shazam. enough. Sam, yeah, so many quotables in there. Damn. You are not entitled to your business. <laughs> You're, Damn. Um, you know, and it sounds cold, but no, it's true. I've always said, like as an entrepreneur, hard work doesn't get you anywhere. Actually, if you run your own business and you work hard, there's no straight line reward for that. You have to be strategic about it. Mm-hmm. Like hard work doesn't make sales. I hate it's, it's, I hate to say that, but it's true. Whereas hard work in a corporate setting might get you promoted, but it certainly doesn't work when you're self-employed. It's actually trying to find ways to work easier exactly, and smarter and less. Well, thanks for turning the tables on me, putting me on the spot there, Jenny. I, oh, I love this. So much fire around this. I love hearing it. And there's right? so many quotables. Right. You should go back, listen back. Like your next book is in here. Uh, who knows, <laughs> right? Who, maybe someday. Uh, but I, I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much, Jenny Blake. Any last words of wisdom, thoughts? Uh, we got to find out how to connect with you. I know you got some, some resources you probably want to share with my audience. Now's the time. Sounds great. Just really want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're here, you're in what my friend Neil calls the end of the podcast club. So it's a very special, esteemed group. Eric, it's been such a delight to talk with you. Congrats on seven plus years of this podcast. But what I would say to listeners is you're not crazy. You're not alone. And you haven't done anything wrong. You know, like we're all in this together. And you actually have a chance to be part of the solution by putting your creative mind when you're ready. You might still be in a mode of processing, but when you're ready, 
to just ask every day, one day at a time, what can I do? What can I create? How can I serve? That's it. That's it. And you cannot know the answer past probably one day from now, but go with your gut and listen to that whisper inside, even if you don't know where it's taking you. Yes. So if you want to learn more from me, you can go to pivotmethod.com. If you listen to podcasts like this one, search for Pivot with Jenny Blake. That's how you'll find the Pivot podcast. And Eric mentioned my book, Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is your next one. I'm 10 reviews away from 200. So if you are someone who you read it and you want to help me get to my little mini goal of 200 reviews, I almost never ask for things like that. But it would mean a lot. It would it'd be really cool. I'll go leave you a, a review right now. Reach that milestone. Thank you, Eric. Thank <laughs> you so much, everybody. And our uh, Instagram handle is Pivot Momentum. So at Pivot Momentum, yes. uh, if you want to follow her on Instagram. And just again, Jenny Blink, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, for sharing the Pivot Method with myself and my audience. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Jenny Blake, for coming on the show and teaching us all about the pivot method. Again, that's plant, scan, pilot, and launch. And I know there's a lot of you going through a pivot right now, adjusting to the new landscape, uh, the new future, and maybe you've been wanting to pivot. And maybe this whole pandemic has created an opportunity for you to pivot. This is the way to do it. I highly recommend you guys go out there and pick up this book. If you are going through changes in your business and you're, you're evolving and you're pivoting, this is the book for you. Again, that book is pivot. The only move that matters is your next one. We'll be sure to be linking to that in the show notes. This is episode 712. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 712 and you'll find a summary of today's discussion over there as well as the links to Jenny's book and to her podcast and to her website. We also link to the lean startup uh, by Eric Reese, which I think is just a a must read for anybody opening a a, a restaurant or scaling in the restaurant industry. And um, if you are going through a pivot right now and you want the support of other people going through a pivot, maybe you think that um, you have a real strong, maybe you know you have a strong concept. Maybe you've been able to weather the storm really well and you see all the opportunity on the horizon and you know that when this thing passes, you're going to be stronger than ever and you want other other restaurant op- operators, other people going through what you're going through right now uh, to, to make sure y- you come back even stronger. The accountability of this group, a mastermind is for you. If you're interested in something like that, if you're interested in connecting with other restaurateurs, I mean, it's lonely at the top. It doesn't have to be lonely. You can do it with others. Join our mastermind group. It pops off July 2020, only 16 spots available. This is going to be a super impactful group. I've been hosting these now for five years. I'm getting better and better and I'm super excited for what's going on. And we have a few little bonuses that we'll share with you as this thing unpackages. But I'm telling you, this is the time to join a mastermind. You will not regret it. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long until next time. Peace out.